are listening to Prickly and Blooming, brought to you by LaJoy Society. And now, your hostess, Jesse Browning. All right, all right, all right. Hola, ¿cómo estás? Oh, bien, ¿y tú? Ah, así, así. Mm, crap, that's about it. Damn it. Every time I think I've got a little bit of my conversational Spanish back under my belt, I, then I just come up blank. Okay, hi. How's it going? Good. Okay, cool. Are you, uh, are you doing some housework? No. Are you at the gym? Are you at work? Oh, do you have a job that you can like put in headphones and listen to stuff while you're working? Yeah, I miss those days. I had one of those jobs for a couple years. It was really fun. I listened to every podcast for those few years. I'm behind now. Anyway, what's been going on? Does it feel like winter where you are still? Or is it, or is it like not quite wintry? Uh, you know, how, how much snow do you have? Do you have a lot of snow? I don't have a lot of snow. It's Texas. We, oh, we did, we have had had snow this year though, for sure. Are you ready to um, go like on a vacation? Wouldn't that sound nice? I'm ready. I'm ready. How about summer? You ready for summer? Spring? You're looking forward to spring? Who's really doing anything for spring break this year? I mean, I feel like spring break is spring broke again this year. Like it's broke. <laughs> I feel like summer. Maybe we can get back to something in the summer. Anyway. Okay. Here we are. It's February. I have. Okay. Okay. So what's the saying? Like the enemy of your friend is your friend. And then I go with like the friend of your friend is your friend too. See what I'm getting? Like everyone, just be your friend. Everyone, like why? Why can't we just do that? See, the enemy of your friend is your friend, and what, the friends of your friends are your friends as well. And that's what we have right here now. So you remember back in season two, we met Jess Norman, and we had like a uh, a conference of Jesses. I guess I guess it wasn't a conference back then, but now it could be because we're bringing another Jess into the fold right now. Um, so I'm meeting, well, no, I'm introducing you two. I've already met her. <laughs> You're meeting <laughs> Jess from Pennsylvania. And Jess, Jess, oh, Jess and I, oh, we had the, we had the bitch of a time getting connected on the, 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 uh, the, the technology, that's the word I'm looking for. The technology was eluding us on one night. And so we scrapped it because she was using her like mom's computer that had been cleaned from a virus or something. I just, she just like the permissions we just could not fix for her to you know, be able to record. So the next day we met up again on, uh, I use Squadcast to record these remote interviews. It took about 45 minutes for us to figure out what was wrong. And you guys ready? <laughs> Of course, there was a lot of bullshitting. It was not like 45 minutes of hard tech support, geek squad support. <laughs> so in the day before when we had been trying to figure out why we couldn't get her computer like to permiss the audio and video, I had been screwing around on my end, turning my video on and off and my sound on and off. So guess whose fucking mic was off on Squadcast? Now you're laughing if you said yours because... It's funny and it's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't really know how. I don't. I 
nothing to say. I have nothing to say. She was like, I maybe it's your mic. And I was like, oh my God. Wait, no, my mic's on. It's on. Oh shit. The little line right through the mic on the squadcast screen. We were we were on the phone, you know, on our phones. <laughs> we were looking at each other over the internet. She's like, Can you hear me? I'm like, Well, yeah. <laughs> She's like, I was like, Do you mean in my headphones? Because <laughs> we were on the phone. Dude, it was oh man. It was so good. We became fast friends, very fast friends that couldn't see each other and then <laughs> couldn't hear each other. <laughs> then we got it all sorted out. Oh man, it was so good. I can't wait for you to. I want. I just. I'm going to tell you one word. Ready to set you up for this episode? One word. Lake. <laughs> now go listen. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. Lake, lakes, I don't care. You can pluralize it, sure. Okay, before we go listen to the Jess and Jesse, <laughs> just saying, um, <laughs> before you go, um, grab your phone and rate the show. Okay. All right, bye. Now we're going to go listen to it. Now let's go. Without further ado, let's go. Let's go listen to me and Jess. All right, here I am with Jess. It's so it's a it's a Jess convention, and I I know you, Jess, and I'm. Do you wait? Do you go by Jess or Jesse? Jess, you you do you do Jess. My grandma oh, then, calls me Jesse, but okay. Good. See, I go by Jesse, so perfect. I will be Jesse. Perfect. You'll be Jess. Good. This is just like so. It'll be less Je- confusing for mm-hmm, the for world. everyone. Great. So I have Jess here. What is your middle name? Renee. Oh, Renee. I'm Lynn. So that's people why I asked, don't ask pretty me common. that enough. Oh. I really like knowing people's middle names and people Same. don't just ask that. Same. So thank you. Also, what's your favorite dinosaur? Oh, a velociraptor. Oh, no. I like the stegosaurus. I think they're very <laughs> underrated. Mm-hmm. So that would be my childhood one and then totally Jurassic Park velociraptor. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. They really, I, I think they really get hyped up in those movies though. I know, and I was a sucker for it. I love Jurassic Park. I'm not going to lie. Oh, yeah. I really do remember that. Back Can I just say, the- spoiler alert, in Jurassic yeah. World, mm-hmm. totally called the ending when the water dinosaur jumped out <gasps> and ate the... Totally called Same. that. Same. Totally Same. called that. Boy, we have now we have two businesses going, Geek Squad and <laughs> yes, please, movie spoilers. Please, Jess and Jesse, for all of your sound issues we spent almost 45 minutes trying to figure out how to make the sound work sound work and like what the microphone was muted or unplugged yeah. or something the microphone was muted i don't know please call me for all your concert needs beyonce this one's right for you like i'll give you my cell just dm us like just dm dm me it's great it's great <laughs> All right, so we got we got Jess and Jesse here, and what brought us together was Jess. <laughs> That's the best part. Is like oh my the three um, Jess, Jess, and Jesse, or we'll we'll just have to call her Jessica then, I guess. <laughs> right? J J, not even squared, cubed, cubed, cubed. Say, I don't like that as much as squared. No, but I mean, I feel like we have a lineup now, and we, we could do. start a show called Ready, Just Saying. Oh, <laughs> like. My God. Uh-huh. You uh-huh. just blew my mind with that. Can we do a podcast where we only talk to Jesses? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And by the way, oh, I just have to give saying, folk, Oh my god. Just saying. <laughs> I love that more than like life itself. 
And I got that just saying from my former employee who was named Jess. No, no. By the it way. never ends. <laughs> and we'll ask them all it their never. favorite dinosaur and their middle names. There we go. The new show alert, everyone. Yeah. Stay tuned for that. Just saying. I'll think about it while I'm handling Beyonce's next concert for sound. All right. Well, I don't know if I'll have enough time with my new career at Geek Squad. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be the sound expert for for celebrities. I love it. This is going to take a long time, isn't it? Yeah, this is going to be. Yeah, you you got water. (laughs) We know how to talk. Two and a half hour long podcast. <laughs> All right. What do we need to know about you before we hear your story? Just like a quick, like you know, what's you know, what's the overview? What do you do? The overview. I am a dairy farmer in Pennsylvania. I love that. Yeah, I grew up on the farm that I now mm-hmm. own and operate. I guess with my parents, mm-hmm. my younger brother. Very cool. Um, I'm very close to my family. My older brother lives in Florida and works for NASA. Oh, yeah. I don't mention it much because once people find out you have a brother who works for NASA, they're like. Oh, oh, why are you talking to me? Like, why, why are you qualified to talk about things when okay, your brother's end, a literal rocket scientist? End of show then. I'm yeah. Do you want me to give you his number then? <laughs> yeah, right. I'll just text it to you. So are you telling me he's the golden <laughs> child? Is that what you're trying to tell no, me? No, no. Okay. You don't tell. I'm a middle child. You never, I can tell that. You never, first of all, what? Second of all, <laughs> you never tell the middle child or ask the middle child if a different child <laughs> is the golden child. I'm not going to take that well. I'm already not taking that well. I know. <laughs> you know. I, can we be clear that I've literally known you for an hour, and for that an entire hour. hour we were trying to figure out how to turn the sound on? Yeah. So that- Everyone. Everyone. This is how I roll. This is how you roll. When you put two of us together, this is what's going to happen. Just saying. Just saying. I'm going to use that way too much now. <laughs> Um, anyway, oh, what did I say? Dairy, dairy farmer, Pennsylvania, brother who works for NASA. Yeah. You don't have any issues with that? <laughs> no, I'm not bitter about it at all. None. And nobody ever thinks that's cool? No, I'm sure not. Um, no, not even a little bit. <laughs> um, I lived in New Zealand for two years. Mm. Uh, fun fact, I worked on dairy farms there. Very cool. makes people laugh. Yeah. I, I don't know how, how deep of into an over you. I love gummy bears. Red, red gummy bears are clearly the best. Um, See, that's... And I drink sparkling grape juice out of shot glasses. Oh, I love it. I don't I know what else it. you need to know. That's about it. I mean, where else are we supposed to go from there? I don't... I mean, you covered podcast everything. podcast now, yeah. You covered everything. I did. All right, well, end of show again. No, it was really great talking to you. <laughs> yeah, it was really great. Oh, all right. So now... <laughs> Thank goodness I have a structure to this show that I can refer back to or we'd be here for seven hours. All right. What's, you know, the, the show starts with these moments, these, these identifiable, usually hindsight moments where things changed for us, where we said like, oh, this wasn't the plan or this can't be my life or just not this or, you know, like w- where we can say like there was a, there was kind of like a, a turning point, you know, that you can identify. And I think you have a couple to share with us. So I do. Hear. Um, and then we'll then we'll go back and contextualize them. So yeah, so I'm glad I mentioned that I lived in New Zealand for two years because okay, because okay, the really standout epiphany one in my life mm-hmm. comes from I was living in New Zealand and I worked there not I was there not two consecutive years mm-hmm. right after college and the reason it, the reason it was New Zealand is that um, my senior year of college uh, school group took a trip to New Zealand mm-hmm. we went over Christmas break because it's a long 
trip. Mm-hmm. So yeah. and that gave us, you know, you're not going to fly 30 hours and be there for a week. So, no, um, no. Christmas time is one, their summer, and mm-hmm. two, we stayed for two weeks. And we mostly, there's two, two big islands in New Zealand, the North Island and the South Island. And we stayed on the North Island and visited a bunch of farms. It was a dairy group and did, you know, all the touristy things. And mm-hmm. it was just a really beautiful country. And almost immediately after that group, two of my friends, one of which had gone on the trip, the other had not, decided they wanted to go back and mm-hmm. work on a dairy farm. And the friend who had been on the trip actually talked to one of the farms we visited. And it was an all Jersey farm, which I'm pretty passionate about my jerseys. We have all Jersey okay. cows. And they had set up a job there and I was kind of lost. Like I knew mm-hmm. eventually I would come home to the farm, mm-hmm. but in the nicest possible way, coming home to the farm, you're stuck here. Mm-hmm. You know, now there are times in my life where I'll go a week or two without leaving the farm. Mm-hmm. And I've settled into that okay. But mm-hmm. after college, immediately after college, I was not ready to be nope. stuck home on the farm. And I think it was kind of out of, I didn't know what else to do or where else to go, mm-hmm. that I decided I wanted to go to New Zealand and work on a farm too. Mm -hmm. So the one professor who had kind of set up the trip and gone with us knew some other people over there and he put me in contact with someone. And within a three week period, I had sent them an email, had a phone interview and bought a plane ticket to New Zealand. And I didn't think anything of it. I was totally fine until my parents dropped me off. You know, they did the whole thing. They got out of the car. I was leaving, I was moving there for a year. And I went through security and waved to them from the other side and my mom was already crying. Then I found the closest bathroom and cried for a while. Uh-huh. You know, like that's when it hit me. Like, oh my god, I'm moving um, halfway um, across the world. Uh, yeah, by myself. Yeah, and you knew no one there. No, no one. Mm-hmm. You know, and then the first year worked out so well. I took a a year in between. I came home to work, and I still wasn't quite ready to be home. Mm-hmm. And I knew it, and I didn't know why. I just knew I wasn't ready to be here yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then a friend messaged me. Was like, hey, they seasonally calve over there their cows, which means they all mm-hmm. calve all at once in one month. Oh, and he's wow. like, so, hey, my wife is having our first child the same month 800 of our cows are going to calve. Uh-huh. They didn't mean to do that, I'm it, sure. No, I don't think it was planned. So he asked me to come over and help manage the herd and help them get through it. And I was supposed to be there six months, and I still wasn't quite ready, so I extended my ticket. I ended up being there for about 10 months. Mm-hmm. And a month, this is such a long story, I'm so sorry. But a month before I was set to leave, I was out in one of the paddocks, which is, you know, the field the cows live in, and... I was fixing the fence. They have miles of electric fence over there. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I got shocked by one almost every single day. <laughs> and it's not like, it's not awful. It's worse than static electricity, right. but it's not like Hoover Dam electric. Right. <laughs> um, enough to make me super nervous about touching any fence. I, I'm sure. But the fence was off. I wasn't getting shocked. I was fixing it. Everything was going fine. And I looked up around me and it's, it's one of the most beautiful places in the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can yeah. say that about anywhere, but it's gorgeous. And I looked around and I saw, I could see the bright blue ocean. I could see snow covered mountains. And I just thought, mm-hmm. this is the most beautiful place I'm ever going to be. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I took a really deep breath. And in the very next thought, I said, I'm ready to go home. Wow. And it was just like mm-hmm. that movie epiphany moment mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. I was done working for someone else. I was done, mm-hmm. you know, not being home with my family and my cows and... Mm-hmm. I was just ready to go home. And then, you know, for the last month, month and a half, all the little things that used to annoy me, it was just like, all the annoyances were gone. Yep. You know, it was, <laughs> I keep telling people, or whenever I talk about it, it's like graduation goggles. Uh-huh. You know, when, yep. that, when that cow kicked me, who yep. wasn't, you know, the, the mean cow would always like give me a look or mm-hmm. kick at me or something. It was like, I will remember yeah. you. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> 
You will remember me. I love it. You know, and you get that, you know, that look like, uh, you, instead of being yeah. mad, like, you're yeah. so, you. <laughs> or like my boss would do something to annoy me, and I'm like, oh, Nathan. Right. <laughs> like, you, you silly boy. <laughs> graduation goggles, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Short term that disease. one. That was probably the first real, like, holy crap, epiphany moment in my life. Mm-hmm. And I was, you, you went everywhere on four-wheelers or dirt bikes, and they gave me a four-wheeler because my coordination's awful. <laughs> um, and I was driving back to the, to the barn after having fixed the fence, and I just thought, did that really just happen? And I was mm-hmm. very at peace with it. Like, if you've had one of those moments, it was like, wow. It was so mm-hmm. definitive and quick, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I, I was never a decisive person. Mm-hmm. And I just thought... How did I get to that? Yeah, yeah. So I know that you have other, you know, that that not necessarily to do with like moving home, but maybe um, there has been a couple, you know, that have that have led you on a path. I feel like that's in addition to dairy farming. Yeah, I've, um, you know, I'm on social media too often. Let's be real, and I've kind of gone down this path. You know, I started on social media sharing life about my farm and my family, mm-hmm. just because not a lot of people know about farming. And, it's taken a turn in the last year to talking a lot about mental health. Mm-hmm. And it started out as talking about mental health in agriculture because farmers are so isolated and, you know, the meter report suicide rates are higher than mm-hmm. ever. And, mm-hmm. you know, I wanted to talk about what it was like to be in farming from the mental health standpoint. And yeah. it's really evolved just into mental health in general. And the first moment, I- I've had really kind of three little epiphanies about it and they were all spurred by events I guess and the first one Mm -hmm. wasn't really like a defining moment Mm -hmm. but it was about a month of my life I'm a person who maybe not when I talk because things just come out of my mouth when I talk I don't have that filter but especially when I write I really think about the words I write Mm -hmm. and how I want them to come out and the way it's worded and I had this this like feeling in my stomach for like a month of it was a really hard time for especially dairy farmers just farmers in general Mm-hmm. And I knew someone needed to say something. Mm-hmm. And for, you know, for months, I thought, oh, well, somebody's going to say something. Somebody's going to say something. And then all of a sudden, I was reading something one day that kind of danced around the thought of mm-hmm. having mental health problems and not being okay. And, mm-hmm. and I, I read it, and I read it two or three more times, and I just thought, maybe no one else is going to say this. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe no one else is actually going to talk about the issue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe I can do that. Mm-hmm. You know, and then it, it kind of took me a month to put into real thought or words what I wanted to say. And I made this video, I called it Dear Struggling Farmer. And it just talked about our struggles mm-hmm. as farmers and how isolating and scary it feels. And, you know, I put this video out there and then <laughs> I think three or four times I write for an online dairy blog and mm-hmm. I sent it to them and, you know, it took them a week to put caption to it and figure out how to do it. And, <laughs> I think almost every day I wrote an email and was like, maybe we don't post that. <laughs> you know, because it's <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Well, <laughs> um, and then you know, then it came out, and it turns out it's exactly what you know everyone needed to hear. Everyone needed to hear, and mm-hmm. kind of along those lines. About six weeks later, it was a farmer. I didn't know him personally. He was in our region, committed suicide. Mm-hmm. You know, and it almost always comes as a complete shock. You know, he was a township supervisor, or, you know, always seemed to be a really grounded man. He was older. And that happened. And I remember, I feel like these defining moments, you remember everything about them. You remember how you feel, mm-hmm. where you were. Yep. 
that, you know, that's what defined that to me. And I was in the parlor milking cows and I was sitting on the step waiting for one slow cow to finish. And I read that it had happened, you know, and at first, not that it's not awful, but at first I'm like, well, I didn't know him, mm-hmm. you know, and then I closed Facebook and went about my day. And every time, you know, throughout milking, there are a few times you get to sit on the step for like a minute and wait. And it's mm-hmm. a five hour milking. So you appreciate it. Mm-hmm. But every time I did, I opened Facebook again and kind of went back to that post. Mm-hmm. And I, I just couldn't shake it. You know, having had issues with depression and anxiety in my life and that afternoon I came in and I had plenty of other things to do, but I just sat down at my computer and I started typing. And I ended up typing this two-page long document about how it feels to be depressed and be that far gone, you know, to the mm-hmm. point where you think, it's not just that you think, it's, it's not just that you think life would be easier if you weren't here. Mm-hmm. You think the world would be a better place if you weren't mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, I'm kind of naive in thinking that if things that I know, everyone knows, and that they just mm-hmm. decided it wasn't good enough to write or type or put out there. Yep. And that's not true. You know, the truth is they're either not brave enough to do it or they don't have the words to do it, I think. And um, again, I sent it to the, the blog I write for and I was like, look, I don't know if you want this, but I, I think it needs to be put out there. Mm-hmm. in a big way because it affects your industry so much exactly and just everyone mm-hmm. in general i mean not even yeah my industry but um mm-hmm. you know and then and then that happened and when it came out whenever i put something big and really vulnerable out like that i shut off my phone yeah for like four hours yep I hear <laughs> i'm so uh-huh. afraid like i don't think i'm expecting anyone to give me hate back right. but you're just so afraid of the way people are going to react yep Mm-hmm. And I don't even want to hear the good. I don't want to hear any of it. I just, mm-hmm. you know, eventually you have to. Uh, yep. And I, I think the, the response from that really just kind of floored me. And that's what spurred the whole, let's talk a little more about mental health. And mm-hmm. I mean, that was a really vulnerable article to make. But from there on, it was still really scary. And I mostly just talked about mental health in general mm-hmm. until the last moment was a really big one. 2019, July I had a cousin who two months earlier was diagnosed with bipolar disease mm-hmm. and he took his life in the middle of July and he was 36 years old. Mm-hmm. Y- you know, like we all knew he was struggling, but he had just, I mean, he had been on a year and a half long bender, so mm-hmm. to speak of, he didn't mm-hmm. know what he was writing, what emails he was sending, mm-hmm. what he was saying. And all of a sudden he woke up and had physical proof in front of him of the things he had done and the things he had said. And I mean, no one's ever going to know, but I think he just couldn't live with the fact that he'd struggle with that for the rest of his life yep. or with what he had done. Yep. You know, and, and not a single one of us held him to any, to any of it. You know, I mm-hmm. mean, he was, mm-hmm. he was sick. It's mm-hmm. a disease. It's a disease. And his, his parents had, you know, he was back living with his parents because he had, unknowingly burned a lot of bridges mm-hmm. and he just, he was getting help and they found him with the lawnmower running in the garage. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I will never forget that phone call and my, you know, my mom come running and tell me what had happened and we went right out immediately. But, you know, that was another moment that I just mm-hmm. thought he felt like he had nowhere else to go. Right. And talking about it was so embarrassing and scary. And I was like, we can't keep doing this. We can't like, you know, someone from the grocery mm-hmm. store will tell you all about their high blood pressure or the fact that their husband has colon cancer. Yep. But they're not going to tell you 
you know, about their depression or their anxiety or, mm-hmm. you know, any, anything like that. And I feel mm-hmm. like we have to have a place. And, and it's really hard because you say you're just one person and what can you do? But, well, you know, Martin Luther King was one person. Mm-hmm. You know, all, the, all these people who made big changes started out right exactly where you are. Mm-hmm. And maybe mm-hmm. I, I'm not saying I'm going to be a Martin Luther King Jr. <laughs> don't, please don't no. construe my <laughs> right, right. methods there. But, you know, we always say with, we, I advocate a lot for agriculture and mm-hmm. trying to help people understand. And you say if you can reach one person, it's worth it. Yep. And sometimes when it comes to advocating for agriculture, I don't think that's true. <laughs> but when it comes to mental health, health yeah. if you can help one person, mm-hmm. it is way more than worth it. Mm-hmm. You know, because that could have saved that person's life. Absolutely. You know, and those, those three moments, I think, slowly built to um, what, what I've been doing now and what I'm hoping to do more of, I guess. Let me go back. Like, when you say, you know, you know you've struggled with depression and anxiety before. So up until these moments where you started sharing honestly on social media, what was it like? Like, how uh, did you ever have any, like therapy, you know, uh, medication, like, like what did you do to like, as I imagine being honest about it is such a great way to, um, process it. So how were you processing it before? I wasn't. <laughs> I, I kind of wondered if Hon- that was the answer. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I, I never sought therapy. I never, mm-hmm. I was never on medication and I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's the route to go. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, if, if I'm being completely honest with you and myself, mm-hmm. I, I'm not entirely sure how I came out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the farm really helped me. Okay. Um, physical work a lot of mm-hmm. times gets you out of your head. I have a yep. family who didn't know anything about it, but, you know, really, I have a close family, yep. you know, that I'm close with. And, but what I'm finding now, my cousin passing is really what spurred me into talking about me specifically mm-hmm. and not how I like felt. A, not a general mental health, but like you. Right. right. I was sharing the yep. memes of like, take care of yourself and... Not, yeah. that, not that that's not nice, yeah. but I think when you come from a place of you having been through it and your, it's not even advice, it's just me, it's literally me just talking to a camera yeah. about yeah. how I feel and what I thought yeah. and what I did. And I get very little backlash about it. And I was really worried people wouldn't believe me mm. because I mean, what you've seen of me, how little you've seen... I am that person. I'm, I mean, not to sound conceited, but life of the party has been used to describe me more than once. Mm-hmm. I'm very extroverted. I'm very up and bubbly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's the moments of when you go home and you're tired and you're exhausted that you don't see, mm-hmm. you know? And um, I think that's another reason me sharing about my mental health struggles is such a big deal because you can see that it could be the most like voiceless, loud person in the room mm-hmm. who looks like the life of the party that is struggling the most. And what I have found is once I started talking about me more, mm-hmm. and that wasn't instantaneous, you know, I slowly got there. But once I started talking about me more, it's become my therapy. Yeah. Talking out loud about mm-hmm. it on Instagram to thousands of people. <laughs> I, I, it, it was almost like it was PTSD. I'm remembering things I didn't remember before I started talking about it out loud. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I didn't put, P- and I'm not diminishing what, you know, soldiers or police officers or anything I could go, go through, mm-hmm. but I made a video about how this was stirring up a lot of thoughts and feelings that I'd forgotten about. Mm-hmm. And someone following me said, this sounds a lot like PTSD. Mm-hmm. And I'd never mm-hmm. thought of it that way. But it's been a lot. It's been the last year, especially, has been really awkwardly emotional for me, like talking about it and just getting it out. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and I'm, I'm not knocking seeing a professional if that's what you need. I think everyone mm-hmm. needs to take a different route. Well, I think the seeing a professional is exactly what you're talking about. It's talking about it. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, so I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. You it, know, like, exactly. Yeah. And that's, and with the process that's happening with you, with, you know, um, people on social media and this process can happen one-on-one with a counselor is you're releasing the shame of things. And, you know, I don't know if you are a Brene Brown fan, but so I, I, I remember like reading being like, okay, so how do you do this? How do you take something and just like move it somewhere else, you know, take it from this like ucky spot into like, oh, it doesn't have to be an ucky spot for me anymore. Yeah. And it's releasing like the shame about it and talking about it and um, shame secrets and shame are best friends they're even yeah. married they're married and they you know are in a secret relationship and they don't want you to tell anyone and so if you can start busting through your secrets and shame it's it's like whatever avenue you know one-on-one or you know how you have found you know the, the social media you know kind of is doing the same thing reflecting back to you and listening to you and i'm sure people are responding correct and oh very much so yeah, yeah. and, and uh-huh. you know and, when I, you know, when I share the big things or, you know, really anything I share and people mm-hmm. come back with, oh, you know, we love you, Jess. We're so glad you're still here. That makes mm-hmm. me uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh-huh. Not that, I, not that yep. I don't appreciate it so much. Yeah. You know, everyone needs that validation that at least I'm sharing the right things. And, mm-hmm. and generally, I think those comments come from people who have never been in that place. Uh-huh. And it's really hard for them to understand. And I, mm-hmm. I appreciate it, but I'm also like, eh, scroll. scroll. Yeah, you yeah, know, like, yeah. like, I don't want to read that. <laughs> I know I, I I'm like there's like a really similar like that, that I I know exactly what you're saying. We're like okay, you know it. I, I, it's not. I'm sorry for your loss, but almost you know yeah, it's just like it's, a stand. Like okay, yeah. and I know it's just because they don't know what to say, and it's really yes. awkward to hear. But yes. um, you know, for every I, okay, I got a comment once from a woman that she was on the. I mean, she had had a tremendous loss. Mm-hmm. in her life recently, I think a, a daughter or something, mm-hmm. someone very young, mm-hmm. very close to her she had lost. And she was, I mean, understandably engulfed in grief mm-hmm. and losing it completely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she was literally about to check herself into a, you know, an institution for, mm-hmm. you know, you know one, of the, one of those mm-hmm. rehab or something, things where you have to, if you admit yourself, you have to be there for 30 days mm-hmm. or 28 days or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And she was just, you know, I, I can't imagine how she was feeling, basically. Mm-hmm. But I had just shared something big, and I don't remember what it was. And she just sent me a message and said, "You know, I'm about to do this, mm-hmm. and I'm still ridiculously scared. But watching that video and hearing what you had to say, you know, makes me think there's a light at the other end. Yeah. You know, there's a way out of this darkness. And I think those comments. You know, if I get a hundred comments on one of my videos and 99 of them are, we're glad you're still here. We love you, blah, blah, blah. You know, mm-hmm. the type that make me uncomfortable, I want to scroll through. If mm-hmm. one of them is that comment or that mm-hmm. message, uh, you know, then I, I sob for an hour and just think like, this is why I'm saying this out loud. Mm-hmm. You know, it's helping me work through this, but it's helping someone else see that it's normal and they're not the only one who's been there or thinks the same things or... Mm-hmm. You know, because what I've learned is depression isn't something that you just work through and it's done. No. You know, I still have those thoughts where, you know, just the other day I posted something about, I just had that thought where like, oh, well, they hate me. That's why they didn't do this. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's, it's your mm-hmm. mind playing tricks on you. 
Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I really think saying it out loud the way I'm doing it isn't, it's definitely helping me. Yeah. I just, uh-huh. I just truly hope that I keep doing it because it's helping others as well. I think so. So, okay. I know it's obviously like physical work at the farm, but like, I feel like once you start, this is, correct me if I'm wrong, like, it's not the, the case for you. So like, once you start on like, oh, like, I notice that like I, my mental health improves when I, you know, talk about it. I notice my mental health improves when I'm physically active. Like what else can you tell like affects your mental health, you know, negatively or, or, or positively? Like, but here's another big one. Um, drinking a lot, <laughs> you know, yeah. affects my mental health. Like what, what other things have you figured out? Do you have a history of drinking? No, Did you? I actually don't like Never. alcohol. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't, I drink it if it tastes like not alcohol. So, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. like the typical, like daiquiris or margaritas. Oh, yeah. like, so oh, I, yeah. I pretty much never drink, which is why I drink sparkling grape juice out of shot glasses. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, like social media is a big one for me uh-huh. um, because I'm on it so much. And it, it's gotten a lot better, actually. But what I've discovered is even some people, like friends I'm close with, I have to mute people mm-hmm. that I actually like. Mm-hmm. On social, like not block them. It's not like I can't, you know, look them up every once in a while. But I just being a dairy farmer and being stuck here so much, you know, there are some people I follow that feel like they're on vacation once a week or yeah. once a month, and it, it's not them at all. Like it's the social media jealousy. It's one hundred percent me. Mm-hmm. So I have to like mute their profiles, right, so I so just don't, don't organically see them because I'll see Got it. And it. And I'll think, oh, you know. Must be nice. John's, John's on vacation again. Good for mm. you, John. John. Yeah. God, John's the, the, the worst. John is, sucks. Ugh. He was just in Maui. And, and now, now he's going to Cancun. Yeah, I saw that. I saw John. that. John. And then he, they have a they have a trip planned to Turks and Caicos, like right? the end of the end of the and year. And they're getting a pool at the end of the month. Oh, I know. God, John. And did you see he got a new Tesla? Like the old one wasn't good enough. All right. John's not a farmer anymore. Now that you threw Tesla out there, John's definitely not a farmer now. I don't know. We don't make that kind of cash. I didn't know John was a farmer. Well, Well, almost everyone everyone in my circle is at this point. Okay, what farmer is going on vacation all the time? It's not even all the Okay, (laughs) let let me be real with you. July 4th this year, I got super Uh bitter about it. Okay. Because it was actually nice. You know, the pandemic stuff had kind of calmed down. Yep. yep you know, so a lot of yep. people were like going out. Everyone was at a lake. Are there that many lakes in the country? <laughs> but I feel like everyone was like tubing or sea doing <laughs> at a lake. And I was so bitter about it. And I didn't even hide it. I was just like, y'all suck. Because you're suck. at a lake barbecuing. Guess what I was doing on the 4th of Don't, July? Don't. No. How do I cancel this? Can I, like, is there a button I hit to just shut this all down? <laughs> so, we just moved to a lake a year and a half ago. Oh, my God. You even live on a lake. Oh. Because we, 15 years ago, lived in Austin. We could never afford to live on a lake in Austin. We wanted to. We could never afford it. We were, like, 20-somethings. But we had, like, we're hustlers. We wanted to live on a lake. And we've busted our ass and we remodeled a house. We For all you it. listeners, I'm shaking my head now. Uh-huh, she is. She is. I do not live on my a, eyes. I do not live on a fancy lake. I live, um, uh, 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 it's called Lake Nasworthy. There's no, like, I don't know. It's a bunch of retirees in my family. It's a lake. It yeah. is a lake. You know, we have, we have a creek 
Yep. With, with a gravel beach. We call it a beach because yep. why not? <laughs> yeah. And we roasted hot dogs and everyone forgot the condiments and buns. So we ate them out of paper towels. <laughs> I love it. Did you eat the paper towel with it? Well, duh. <laughs> like it was How fun. could you not? <laughs> I love it. I was like, oh man, this gal. But, I had, but there were a couple people on Instagram who like were right there with me. And I was like, you know yeah. what? I'm not even, I'm not even going to hide it this week. Yeah. We were all dairy farmers. Like, I'm just bitter about it. I'm just, just doing it. I'm just doing it. We're just going there. Yeah. And, but, but <laughs> what, but what you were doing is exactly what you've said that you do is that you, you, you put, wait, like, of course. Yeah. Of course you said what you were feeling. Like, isn't that the whole thing? I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it that way, but yeah. Well, and that's like, the, fu- actually, that's funny that you said that because yeah. once I started posting about how bitter I was about it, like. You know, every other story was because I'm not on a lake. You yeah. know, I was all <laughs> bitter about it. I got so many messages that week from other, specifically dairy farmers, because dairy farmers like 24 7 all the time. I got a ton of other messages from people being like, I'm so glad you said that because I've been feeling the same way and mm-hmm. I've been staying off social media. And I was like, well, you can check on my social media because guess where I am? Yeah. Not Working. at a lake. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not in a lake. But you know, oh. like not feeling, feeling like we're not alone is a big deal. That's the biggest. It's connection. What do humans want? Togetherness. Mm-hmm. Which is why this pandemic is so awful. Yes. Because we're <laughs> isol- it's a turducken of isolation. For a, I imagine a dairy farmer, you like previously mentioned, the incredible which sounds very much entrepreneurship. Like I don't have colleagues. I work with my husband. We have employees, but we, there's not like an office staff. Yeah. I don't have people I work with. It's my husband, you know, and it's incredibly isolating. There's no, like, I'm like, honey, where is my review? Do I get a raise? Do, um, I've been working way too much overtime, you know, uh, my hourly wage really needs to go up, but you know, you don't get sick days or vacation days. Don't get sick days, vacation days. I mean, my husband and I went a decade at least without leaving him the, um, on a vacation, but that's, so there's that. And then like, then you put like, and then I was a mom. So there's the isolation of being an entrepreneur and a mom. And I lived in a small town, you know, for years for me, that was, those were the dark years. Those yeah. were the not, you know, we lived in a town of 1800 people. Mm-hmm. It was a very small town. We don't live there anymore. No, we live in like, but I feel like that's what, yeah. 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 We worked very hard to get with here. Your, with your tubes. Your yeah. CDs. We have a tube. Do you yeah, have a boat yet? Uh, yeah. Oh God. You do. I was <laughs> yeah, hoping you would say you didn't. No, we didn't. <laughs> I can't tell you the state that we worked on our house for five years. For five years, we were in a constant state of remodel. And I say we, I mean we. Like people are like, oh, who did your floors? I'm like, who do you mean we did our floors? Like, what do you mean who did? You know, you know. No, we did, and um, we were able to sell that house to buy this house. Anyway, and it's not my lake house. <laughs> well, at least you worked for it, you know. But oh, no, I was we, still bitter about you and your lake in, on July 4th this year. You friend. can be bitter, but do you want to come next year? Yeah, yes. <laughs> okay, see? Like, yeah, of course. An airport. I want to be that person. Yeah, there's an airport on the other side of the lake. <laughs> the lake person. So we wanted to be those people, too. And we yeah. eventually, we finally did it a year, a year and a half ago. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Yeah. Thanks. Because I, I had your same feelings. Yeah. So you, you know my plate. So you can... I can, you can tell me that like in two years I might be a lake person. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's what I I'm could live with that. All right. See? Yeah. See, I mean, you can hate on it, but then you're like, well, you know. Here's the worst part. I don't think I'd actually like being a lake person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, are oh, you sure? <laughs> 
I mean, what it does suck though is is when you actually have, like you can't be on the lake all the time. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Good lord, how did we get off this I topic? Didn't. I have no idea how we did. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> Back to reality. Reset. <laughs> Reset. Okay. So tell me about. Are you running the dairy farm now? Uh, my dad, brother, and I are still. You're like we kind of have all it? of our yeah. I went to I actually went to school for the cow side of it. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm more focused on the cows, and my brother went to school for diesel mechanics, so he's more focused on the equipment. Okay. And my dad is still very active, so he kind of I don't know has a little bit of a hand in all of it. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So yep, yep. Very family farm esque. Yeah, it seems very classic. Yeah, good <laughs> classic. Classic in a modern way. Yes. So how long have you had the dairy farm in your family? My brother and I are fifth generation. Whoa. So yeah, our house is like 200 years old. Okay. Yeah. And let me just say now, everyone wants to live in an old farmhouse until, until you, you actually live, live in an old farmhouse. Yeah. Not one that's been redone. Yeah. I'm, I'm not cold right now. And that's a miracle. Good. <laughs> like normally there's cold air blowing in from every angle, but, uh, like, I, I know you were in New Zealand. You had this moment. You're like, this is the most beautiful thing, and I'm ready to come home. You accepted, basically, when you said that, like, that the rest of your life, right? Am I correct? Is there? Hopefully. What did that feel like? Um, Accepting that was that. pretty easy, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, when I went to college, when I first started, I thought I wanted to be a vet. Okay. I learned pretty quickly that they go to a school for a long time and spend a lot of money. They sure do. It's like yeah. being a doctor. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Didn't want to do that. Also, I didn't have the grades for it. I didn't want to have the grades for it. You know what I mean? Okay. Uh-huh. So I have to worry about doing that again. And it became yeah. pretty clear after a year in that I really just wanted to deal with cows. I didn't want to have to deal with, okay, All I like the puppies and kittens, mm-hmm. but the people who own puppies and kittens are harder to deal with than the people who own cows. They sure are. <laughs> I mean, God bless you. Know, God bless you. And, you know, if you I own puppies a, and kittens. If you own a cow, though... I feel like you're 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 more on that person's wavelength, is what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I didn't want to have to deal with the puppies and kittens to get to dealing with the cows. So I was like, why would I go through eight years of school when I could just go home to the farm? Right. Um, so I was very lucky that I had a farm to go home to, because yeah. there, are, you know, there are people out there in the world that want to do this mm-hmm. and don't have a farm waiting for them. Right. Do you think somebody could start a farm and get to be like what your operation is? I have a friend point. who did it out of college. Yeah. yeah, he actually he bought some cows from us, and a cow, he he got a lot of help mm-hmm. uh, because he worked towards it. You know, even throughout college, a lot harder to do now. Yeah, that's um, what I was say. There's a lot of farms selling out, mm-hmm. but you know, I don't think people realize even these small farms are worth a ton of money. Mm-hmm. You know, not just the land, but all the assets, the equipment, the buildings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's not. It's definitely not an easy thing to do. Yeah, um, you know, aside from the mental health side of it, and the the isolation, you know, there's not a ton of profit in it and there's a crap ton of work. Yeah. You know, wor- yeah your hourly wage sucks too, <laughs> working, doesn't it? Working a hundred hours a week is not yeah. an uncommon thing. Yep. Nope. Yep. Uh, absolutely. Um, and dairy farming, especially you are doing it 24 seven. Yeah. You know, my, my, I, I have the night off for milking, but typically I'm in the barn from, I got at four thirty to feed calves and I get in maybe around 1am mm-hmm. and that's, that's just the night chores. We do that all yeah. in the morning too. Oh so, goodness. you know that. So how many people are working at your farm? Uh, my dad, brother, and I are all full-time. We have mm-hmm. 
three part-time people who just do a couple milkings a week. And then we have mm-hmm. another full-time person. Um, and then my sister-in-law feeds calves in the mornings. Okay. So it's not, it's, it's, half it's like six Eight, full-time people. Six. Yeah. Okay. You know? Okay. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. <laughs> it's a lot of work. Uh, but what really drew me home, I think it made it mm-hmm. so easy for me is my family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, we're, we've always been very close. You know, we're the, we're, we're the house where, you know, childhood friends who we haven't seen in a year will still, mm-hmm. you know, walk in without knocking and check the oven to see if there's any food left over from lunch. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's amazing. That's amazing. That's amazing. In, in the time that you've been sharing about your mental health and, you know, what is the number one thing that like surprised you about doing that? Like, was it the response, the, you know, just what has been the most like, or, or was it like something that happened within you, you know? I think, um, how much it's brought up that I had forgotten yeah. that I thought and went through is what really surprised me the most. And I, mm-hmm. how much it has helped me mm-hmm. surprised me too. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, you know, I, I know it's good to get it out and not, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, letting something fester inside is not good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, you know, even things like I've shared about the way we talk to ourselves in our heads. Yep. Mm-hmm. I have, I've always had a pretty mean voice in my head. Do you name yes. that voice? Have you named that voice? No, I have not. Uh, I went to a conference for Rachel Hollis. Um, yeah. and she was like, name that voice. Huh. So you can talk to her. I never even thought of that. I think hers is Pam. She's like, Pam, shut up. Yeah, that and would be a Pam. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Pam's a good one. But go ahead, the voice. Yeah. Well, just stupid things. Like I drop a pen and I'd be like, you idiot. Uh-huh. You know, like how stupid are you to have dropped that yeah. pen? And it's, it's like, I dropped a pen. I'm going to pick it up. How right. big of a deal is that? But in my head, I'm a complete dumbass for having dropped that pen. Mm-hmm. You know, How are you figuring this out? out on your, like, I, I, I just have this feeling that you're just like coming to all this on your own. And I just fucking applaud you for that. Well, that's what it's, that's what it's done for me. Like talking about mm-hmm. the more I talk about it, I, you know, I'm realizing. And actually that one, a friend had shared something on her stories on Instagram about mm-hmm. changing the way you talk to yourself. Mm-hmm. And that was a little, I've, I've heard that and we've all seen those memes a thousand times. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Like be kind to yourself. I pink wrote a song mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. You know, like yeah. <laughs> be nice to yourself. Don't listen to the voices in your head. And for some reason that friend on that day, that Instagram story, I was like, damn, I speak to myself in the worst, like things I would never say to you mm-hmm. or even like my closest friend. Mm-hmm. And I say them to myself all the time and I just accept it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that day, like, I think I commented on the story, like, wow, this, you know, I say awful things to myself or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's not even like she responded back with something like, oh, don't, you know, some people say, well, don't be mean to my friend or something like that. And I'm like, mm-hmm. right. It wasn't even that. And I just thought I need to change that, mm-hmm. you know, and it was stupid. And I don't, <laughs> this is how I've gone through it and I'm not recommending it, but I do it on my own. I'm like that stubborn little kid mm-hmm. who doesn't want to ask or accept help. And I'm not, I probably would have figured this all out 10 years ago if I'd actually asked for help and gotten it. But <laughs> I'm, I'm here now. So if I was 35 or 36. <laughs> See, like, it takes you, yeah. I think I very much believe you do it when you're ready to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost like being an addict. You can't get help until you're ready to accept help. 100%. Look at that. Um, it's, it's exactly the same. And I think even more of the same analogy, like you have to hit some sort of bottom. Yeah. Like you have to hit some sort of to place come out of it. that you're like, I no longer accept this as my reality. 
Yeah, and I, I just, you know, the, the way I talk to myself, think it's stupid things. Like, I'd still drop the pen and say, you are such an effing idiot. Mm-hmm. But then as I was bending over to pick it up, I think, no, you're not. It's not that big a deal. You just mm-hmm. dropped a pen. It happens all the time. And that's enough. You know, mm-hmm. it, took, it took months of saying that to, like, the voice mm-hmm. was still there, but then I correct it. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, I would just drop the pen and be like, ugh. And I'd pick up the pen. Yeah. You know, like that. Yeah. It, it's just like this constant, I, I don't even know how to explain it. And I've never thought of how big of a deal it is that I've come to it on my own. But uh-huh. I, I think just once you start saying it out loud and you start acknowledging it, mm-hmm. and it feels so good yeah, to, to get that out of you. So good. Because it takes just as much energy to be kind to yourself and be like, eh, you just dropped a pen, as it is to be like, you stupid idiot. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's takes the same amount of energy to think you're awesome as it does to think you suck. Exactly. And I, I think it surprised a lot of people when I talk about it because I openly joke all the time. I'm like, I'm the awesomest person ever. Yeah. You know, like, and I say it in a sarcastic way. Mm-hmm. And I think people think I actually think that about myself, but that's not the internal monologue, mm-hmm. which is truly how we feel, you know? Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's funny talking about this there was another smaller epiphany that I had. Have you ever heard of the, the project called Post Secret? Mm-mm. Uh, a guy named Frank Warren started it, I want to say like 2005. And I haven't heard the whole story of how he started it, but basically he has strangers mail him postcards with their secrets on them. Oh. And they range in, in like, like one secret is I like the color purple or, you know, I pee in the shower to, yeah. you know, my, my grandma raped me or I'm having an affair with my boss. Like, mm-hmm. They're epic and they're nothing. Yeah. And he has a blog and every Sunday he reposts a selection of these secrets. Mm-hmm. And he's also put out a few books with collections of secrets in them. And it's really quite amazing to see how people, like a lot of people will draw on the cards or use um, different artwork on the postcards mm-hmm. too. And he'll post, he scans and posts the whole card. But the way people word them is really mm-hmm. powerful. Mm-hmm. And I actually started a project it's pretty much the same. I call it Secrets of Ag for People in Agriculture. Okay. And there's an anonymous website you can go to and they share a secret. And you don't have to leave your name. You don't have to leave an email number. You can share anything you want. And unless you sign it, I have no idea who you are. And actually, I was reading Post Secret on one Sunday. He puts up new secrets every Sunday. And I was reading it. And I was also thinking about how far I'd come with my mental health and how good it felt to say it out loud. Mm-hmm. And um, I had a conversation that weekend with a woman online who just, you know, she's like, I'm so, you're so brave. And it doesn't feel brave because mm-hmm. it's helping me so much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's not until someone says it to me that I think, well, you know, I guess not everybody would talk Jesus. about this out loud. And it got me thinking, like, what would people say if there was no consequence? You know, what would people let out if there was to be no retribution? Mm-hmm. Um, and it took me a week to find Google Forms and then figure out how to use it. Yes, it's lovely. Uh, but then I just I put the link out there and I said, look, I just want to do for you what you've let me do for me. Mm-hmm. You know, say it out loud. And the secret started rolling in. I've been doing it a little over a year now and I've had over 300 secrets wow. easily. And I repost them periodically on, on my own social media. I'm working on a website for it. But... Um, you know, and the, the secrets, they're heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. You know, the very first secret I shared, and I try to share them in a way that's really impactful. And 
I um, also offer my advice or encouragement or support or how I feel about it when I share it. And then I ask others to do the same mm-hmm. in the comments. And I make it very clear that it's a safe space. I will delete mean comments. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to shame anyone. Mm-mm. I just, you know, want them to get this off their chest. I think I have deleted two comments in the entire year I've done this. And they weren't necessarily mean. They just weren't really constructive. They were just, they were just like kind of, yeah. Yeah, like, like on the edge. You're like, eh, all right, um, Judy. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but, you know, the, the very first secret, and I get way too many of these, is um, I shared was a, a woman, a dairy farmer, who said, you know, I wake up every morning and I go out and I feed the calves and I milk the cows and I come in for breakfast and I go out and do it all over again. And when I come in at night, I come in, I throw all my clothes in the wash, I take a shower and I sit down to take my nightly pills and I think, what if I take three of these and five of those? Mm-hmm. Will I have to wake up in the morning and do this again? Mm-hmm. And I just... You know, I just sit there and I read those, every single one of them. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just, it, it's heartbreaking and cathartic all at the same time. Like to know that even if they don't see that secret reposted publicly, mm-hmm. to know that they let it out and out. told someone, off, they got it off their chest. And the, the, the words they use to write it, you could feel the pain. Yep. You know, and you can feel that they've been holding that in and needing to say that for so long. It's been, I've had to take multiple breaks from it because. Uh, f- intense. Well, another friend described it perfectly. Have you ever heard of a sin eater? Kind of. It's like, okay, have you, the movie, The Green Mile. Yes. Yeah, see that? Yeah. But the, it's been so the, long since I've seen it. It's a big guy who takes in all of the disease and the sickness from people. Yes. Yes. That's okay. like, that's kind of what a sin eater is. Yes. Like a mythological so, kind of deal. Yep. Yep. You know, they take on other people's sins or hurts or, mm-hmm. and that's you're, what it feels like I'm doing. You're the secret eater. Yeah. Yeah. You're ta- yeah, 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 yeah. You got to be able to get to a space to be able to read it and not take it on. If that means taking a break from it, that's what you have to do. Yeah, yeah it has, but it's been, um, it's been an amazing project. I love this. I love really. this project. It reminds me of, there's a podcast called the, um, isn't it mental illness happy hour? Have you ever? And there's no. a guy who has a. It's wonderful, wonderful. I think that's what it's called, mental illness happy hour. I'm gonna write that down. And he has a, um, a anonymous form like that on his website, and he reads people's secrets like that too. And it's it's wonderful. It is. Um, I mean, it's just you know, especially people in agriculture, we're very traditional, mm-hmm. and we have the reputation of being that way. Mm-hmm. You know and. I'd started out without knowing Google Forms or how to do anything with it. And I just thought, if you trust me, you know, I won't tell anyone else. Send me a message. Mm-hmm. Tell me your secret. And I, I got a few secrets that way. And some secrets mm-hmm. I get are signed. Mm-hmm. Or after I post them, people will message me and say, that was my secret today <laughs> that you shared. And that blows me away. Like, it's so mm-hmm. humbling to know that those people, you know, I know I'm not going to share it with anyone. And I haven't. Yeah. But they don't know that. Right. You know, they That's follow much- me online. That's how much people want to connect, though, and know. And like, I'm. This is so amazing that you're providing this outlet for them to be able to do that. It's. I love it. It could, you know, I don't know if anybody's come back and told you, but I wonder if that moment of of giving you like, like the knowledge, their secret, has then allowed them to do something with it. In their oh, life. for sure. Okay. Um, uh, I've had multiple people tell me. Okay. Um, one like of the first saying, secrets. Uh-huh. One of the first secrets I shared was a man and you know, kind of paraphrasing the secret, was that he has identified as a woman for his entire life. 
mm-hmm. but because of agriculture and how conservative it is, he is keeping that part of himself hidden mm-hmm. because he wanted to stay home and run his family farm. Mm-hmm. And you know, the last line of the secret, I will never forget it, said, my family farm is more important to me than my own identity. Mm-hmm. And not long after I shared his secret, he actually messaged me and told me who he was. And I thought that's a pretty big secret to be holding. Yeah, yeah. To try, I was yeah. literally like the third person he'd ever told. Ever told. And you know, we talk every couple of months or somewhat regularly, and mm-hmm. you know, he has made leaps and bounds in his life. Wow! Since because then. that secret was shared out loud. Wow. And I just we talked about it the other day because it had been almost a year, and it just it. I can't describe the feeling to know. I mean, as much as talking about it out loud has helped me. Mm-hmm. To have found the tiniest way to help even a few people, I, you know, I don't, they don't all message me yeah, back yeah. and they don't have mm-hmm. to, yeah. Um, but to know the ones that have, that it has helped them in the same way and as much as it has, literally sometimes brings me to tears. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's all very emotional, the whole, yeah. the whole thing of it, <laughs> which is it's, why I do things like drink grape juice out of sparkling, you know, out of uh, shot glasses. Well, it could be much worse. It could be like, and that's why I drink a handle of vodka every week. You know, like <laughs> you do you with please, your sparkling grape juice. It takes me. It takes me at least ten days to drink a handle. Yeah, God, please a week. Who does a week? Who does yeah. a week? I think this is a perfect place to segue into silly questions. Oh yes. Do you please. have anything else? Do you have anything else to add? Like I feel no, like that was a perfect. No, I feel like perfect, that was a lot. <laughs> that was, and that was a perfect like, and look this amazing project that you do, and fucking keep doing that. And I want to rip it off. I'm like, oh, I don't want to do mom secrets. Can I do mom secrets? Can I rip you off? I feel like <laughs> there are mom secrets anymore. Now moms just put like put it all out there. Have you seen ah! the hashtag? Have you seen the hashtag asshole kid? Oh, of course. Kids are assholes. I, I've been following that account forever. I love that. I yeah. love that. Like my kids crying or as an asshole parent. Because my yeah. kid's crying because I wouldn't let them play with a steak knife. Oh, yeah. You know, like, yeah oh, yeah. Like, my kid's crying because I won't give her three cookies. You yeah. know? Like, she already had three, and I won't give her three more. Oh, yeah. I have photos uh, from, like, that kid's crying about just... We were... My kid's crying because they got, you know, the pink straw, not the fucking green straw. Right. Yeah. I was FaceTiming oh, yeah. with a three-year-old the other day, and she was crying because I was eating a banana, and she wanted to bite, but she couldn't because she was at her house. Yeah. yeah. And there I was you like, go. Really? You have bananas. Really? Great. I'm yeah. going to eat this banana. Because it's all I've eaten in six hours, if that's cool with you. You get your own damn banana. <laughs> tiny little terrorists. That's what they are. They are tiny terrorists. <laughs> they they are. absolutely are. They're absolutely so cute, are. though. Some of them. Just kidding. Oh. <laughs> I'm savage. <laughs> A little true, though. That's not like <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> what was your first car? <laughs> Station wagon. Like, <gasps> Wood, wood siding and all. Oh, yeah. yes. My husband and I had one of those. Yep. Oh, the seats freaking facing backwards. In the, in, well, yeah, the seats face each other in the very back. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Mm. I had a friend in high school convinced there was a hot tub back there. God, I fucking love wood sides station wagons. Yep. What, what, what color was it with the wood? Like dark blue. Oh, nice. Leather was seats. It, oh, it was classic. Was it a Buick? No, Buick didn't make station. What the hell was it? I don't know what it was. Ours it was my grandma's. Okay. Yeah, and it, it, like, it cycled through all of us kids because we all, you know, you had to start with a bigger car. Yes. For safety. Well, I had, I had a smaller car and then I got a bigger And car. you could fit like eight, like 10 people in that sucker. And the hot tub. Yeah. Plus the I hot mean, tub. Hot tub. Like, <laughs> God. <laughs> oh, when did you get your period? Like, how old were you? Oh, 
I don't even know. Is that a bad thing to not know? Mm, most people do know. Most women do know. <laughs> I don't know. Were you like 16? Were you? The, no, so, I think I was younger than that. So the average, not the average, but um, I'm amazed at how many, it's 12, like 12, 11 and 12. I was going to guess 11 or 12. Mm-hmm. I remember what where it happened. Have. Okay. Um, it was over summer, so I don't know what grade I was yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. But I, I had was gone between, to. Uh-huh. I had gone to like. <laughs> see how this comes back around. I had gone to a lake with my friends. Ah! <laughs> round of applause! <laughs> round of applause! <laughs> oh my god! Everything in my life circles back to a lake. Oh my god! Maybe this is why I secretly hate lakes. What is the story? Oh my god! So you were—it was the summertime. No, you were at the lake, and you, s- and you started gone, your period. Well, I mean, that, it's not really much of a story. Like we had gone no, yeah. overnight, and uh, the, that day we were coming home, I just like had cramps and didn't know what it was. Right. And we got home, and I was kind of telling my mom about it, and she goes, "Oh," and that's yeah, that's when it. <laughs> so it's not even a good story, except for the whole no, lake, lake come around thing. <laughs> no. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> oh, it's good. It's good. This is the quality content. <laughs> I was in a lake. Lakes are ruining my life. They are. What's the last book you read? If you have or Audible? You you're like, like, you're really like I don't have time. Know? Yeah. What does Danny choose? What is that? It's, about? it's my six-year-old nephew's book about a kid that. named Danny, and you can choose your own ending. Choose your own adventure. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I literally read it tonight because I tried to read yeah. every single ending, which is really hard to do because there's like 40 different endings. <laughs> I love that. You're like, I will figure this cheat code out. <laughs> right? <laughs> it was a good okay. book, though. This is a very divisive topic for some people. Okay. Um, toilet paper over, under, or you don't care? Oh, it's over. Thank you. Like, I change it if it's not. Like, I'm not going to. Uh, that was going to be my next question. Do you change it? I was not going to like, I don't blow up at people if they do it under. I just don't no, understand just, them. I look I at it and I'm either. like, why would anyone put it that way? And then I change it. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, yeah, same. Um, cilantro, yes or no? Okay. okay. I don't know. <laughs> look. Well, okay, why well, ask this question? Let me tell you what. I have, I have a pen cap in my mouth, everyone, because I'm crossing off as I did the questions. Okay, why I ask that? So some people, it, cilantro tastes like soap or dirt. It, like like soapy, dirt, you rubbed it around in some disinfectant. That's what it tastes like I feel like, like I don't eat them. cilantro that often. Well, I feel like you would know if it tasted like that for you. My sister-in-law hates it, but I don't. That's probably why. Ask her why. Next, huh. if, you're, if you're sitting down having pico de gallo with your sister-in-law, you're like, does this taste like soap to you? That's the thing. That's why I, I feel ask. like people who make or eat pico de gallo are like super fancy. I live in Texas. It's not fancy. It's at the fucking gas station. Um, we ate hot dogs off of paper towels, so clearly we're not fancy. You can put pico de gallo on your hot dog from the gas station here. It's everywhere. I'm in hey, Texas. We have it's some like, pretty delicious gas station food in Pennsylvania. I know you do. Sheets. Is sheets still a thing? <gasps> you know about sheets? Yeah, girl. Sheets is the thing. Please. Uh-huh. When my Chase 5% back credit card didn't count sheets as a restaurant, I got <gasps> angry. Oh, I'm sure. Because yeah. I eat there more than I buy gas there. Yeah, I had friends um, and when I was in college that were from Western Pennsylvania, oh, and I, we went home. Good people. Yeah, yep. Sheets. Okay. Sheets. Twenty years ago, sheets. Uh, all sheets. Okay, this is gonna be. Uh, I'm gonna ask this question, and you're gonna laugh because no, you're not even gonna answer it. Okay, we're not even gonna answer it. Okay. 
when you have a coffee or in your granola or your fucking cereal, right? When you drink milk. <laughs> oh, wait. What milk do you drink? We're going to answer it because you're okay. not expecting this answer. <gasps> I don't like to drink milk. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I'm not expecting no, that answer at all. I told you. I told you. You're ruining oh. my life. You lake people. Or life ruiners. Oh, my God. I that's amazing. Are you lactose almost, intolerant? No, I'm not. Okay. And I, love, okay. I just don't like the taste of white milk. Interesting. I know. <laughs> but I do. I put granola in yogurt a lot. Same. That's like my breakfast. And I do like day. eat cereal with milk on it. I just don't drink mm-hmm. the milk afterwards. Yeah. Oh, I, I just did this. this like stupid fake press conference about this on Instagram. <laughs> because, you know, dairy farmers saying they don't like to drink milk is, you know, bad for dairy farmers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll have you know, there's like 17 different kinds of cheese in my fridge right now. Yeah. But I get so why I ask that question is I own coffee shops and so how oh. people put milk in their cup like how they they if they want an almond milk latte or a two percent latte or a skim latte it's it's, it's an interesting peek into your psyche for me. Well, don't hate me, but I don't like coffee. To each his own. I think it's <laughs> I think it's icky and gross, just like alcohol. I'm a really good adult, if you haven't noticed. Yeah, <laughs> like super good at it. <laughs> To each that my mother doesn't drink coffee. Never has had a. Uh, she's never had a beer in her life, and I don't think she's ever had a cup of coffee. Oh wow! Yeah, and I, I have I'm, tasted. I had a friend. New Ze- coffee is a big deal in New Zealand. Yes, like it's mm-hmm. a you know very like cultural thing. I had a friend. So everyone has their own like fancy coffee machine mm-hmm. in in their house, and he like was determined to make a cup of coffee I liked. So he once did like the tiniest bit of coffee with double mocha no, chocolate and- cream, and I was like. Oh, it's not awful, but I can taste the coffee. And he's like, no, you can't. And I was like, yeah, I can taste the coffee. That's amazing. You must have just a very refined taste buds. Yeah, yeah let's go with that. <laughs> yeah, why not? Okay, <clears throat> and this you're going to know too, uh, or you're going to be like, duh. But I asked this because I, I talked to a lot of women. Can you drive a standard transmission? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that one. I was okay, nervous because the last time you said that, the answer that I didn't <laughs> like milk came out. So you're like, well, this one's going to be obvious. Well, this one's good. I mean, it's farm equipment for crying out loud. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, where are you in the birth order? Is it just one brother? The NASA brother? No. no you said you're I, middle. I am in you're the middle. middle. I've got two brothers. Okay. So the I younger brother's home on the farm with me, and then the older brother's, you know, the gold, the whatever. Yeah. <laughs> He's just there. He's there. Uh, what was your kindergarten teacher's name? Mrs. Lang. Lang. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. I like Okay, then this Can I is tell another... you a funny, funny kindergarten story really quick? Yeah, of course. There were three of us, and we fought a lot, right? Okay. Um, yes, one time, I guarantee, maybe she didn't even say it this way, or I guarantee we were just like driving my mom nuts. At one point in the year, we are all one year apart. Okay. Uh-huh. So, you know, Get two, it. three, four, three, four, five, mm-hmm. which is, you know, who does that with three kids? I was in kindergarten. She didn't, she didn't mean to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually, that's probably true. <laughs> I was in kindergarten when I guarantee we were fighting to get on the bus and my older brother and I were both in school. My younger brother was not. And I swear to God, she said, if you guys don't behave, I'm going to leave. You know, like if we were bad ever again, she was yeah. going to leave. I went to school and cried to my kindergarten teacher. <gasps> oh no. Because, oh, no. <laughs> because um, I knew we couldn't be good forever and that my mom was going to leave. <laughs> 
Oh, no. And then they called CPS. No. Apparently, okay. my mom never heard about it. Okay, thank but goodness. But I specifically remember sobbing in the doorway of my kindergarten classroom because oh. I knew we couldn't be good. Forever. Well, you yeah. had realistic expectations <laughs> of you and your siblings. A very realistic child. You're like, we are not going to do this. She has set the bar real high. We're not getting anywhere She's, close. My mom is going to leave us. Oh, your kindergarten teacher must have... She, well, she knew my mom, like, and she knew us, too. Yeah. So she's like, oh, it's going to be fun. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> oh, and then and then we went over this in the beginning, and I'm just adding it in because you made me... I'm, I'm like, on the fly, changing a question. We already oh. went over it, so you've already answered it. But, like, what's your middle name? I'm putting that on there now because I'm also obsessed with middle names. Yeah. Renee. So, Renee. Right? I love... I love middle. Do you, oh no, I can't. I'm like, do you want to hear all my kids' names? No, we'll do that. We'll do that later. <laughs> maybe not for the world here. Yeah, maybe not for this recording. Duh. You want me to tell you all my cows' names? Well, there's Baptist, and there's Get Up, and there's Get Go. Those two we get confused all the time. Oh my gosh, it's up in the go. <laughs> Oh, all right. We're going to pull this train to the station. Jess, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at cjessfarm, like c-spot run, mm-hmm. cjessfarm. Or yeah. I have a Facebook page called Spruce Row Farm. Oh, uh, that's okay. our farm name. And Someday I'll have where, a website. Where, um, if they wanted to do the secret thing, do you, do you connect to that through, like, do you have a website for that? Uh, I, do, they, but the f- I do, but it's like HTTP7JR93Guard, you know. Uh, but if you go to my Instagram profile, cool. And uh, everyone, um, you know that I'm at LaJoy Society, which is L-A-J-O-I-E society.com um, and Instagram and um, Facebook is Dying a Lonely Death because I just, I, I can't keep up with so many platforms and be an entrepreneur and a mom. And, you know, so uh, Facebook, maybe we'll come back to you. Maybe we won't. I don't know. After you finish this, you know, you're picking up your phone because you're like, oh, that episode is over. Great. I'm going to pick up my phone and I'm going to, oh, I'm going to rate the show. That's so great. Thank you, everyone who's done that. That's, I keep saying it every time. That's how the show can grow is um, within, you got to do it within the podcast apps, you know, as big as I can grow an Instagram. It's not the actual, you know the playing of the, you can't promote in the podcast apps. See, that's an interesting thing there. Have you ever thought about that? How you have to go to, anyway, I'm going to stop talking about the rates because everyone's just going to do it. I'm going to start calling people out by name, but not like real names. Like I did it one time and I said just a bunch of lady names, like, come on, Erica, Christina, Charlie, and somebody, I I used a name and she messaged me. It's like, okay, I'm doing it. (laughs) So I should do that every week. Lindsay, pick a letter. Lindsay, Pick a letter. Like all the, all the Jess, B women names. Yeah. All the Jennifers. Beatrice? Jennifers, do Beatrice. it. Beatrice, what are you doing? Beatrice. Great name. Pick up the phone. Rate the show. Great. Wonderful. All right. We're ending it there. Goodbye, everyone. See you next week. Everything up to this point has led me here and there's nowhere I'd rather be than to be here. All the no sense
say.